0: I'm Gail Gibson, Accredited Master Performance Coach, International Speaker, Podcast Host and Author. Known as the Can-Do Coach, I thrive on enabling leaders to step up, shake it off and shine. Welcome to my podcast, The Can-Do Way. My guests from across the globe have Can-Do stories of growth, resilience and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode, I'm talking to Abel Wanamacall, founder and confidence and communications coach of Find Your Voice Asia, international TEDx speaker, international host, MC and keynote speaker. Down to Earth, Abel has a kind yet vivacious personality, successfully balancing a family life with the glamorous world of celebrity. A fun-loving, honest and determined spirit, Abel says that, I want to live an extraordinary life, not an ordinary one. My goal is to become the best in what I do and bring joy to all the people around me through my work. You should live a life without regret. Have the courage to rise above and embrace failure as a best friend. What an introduction. So, welcome to the show today, Abel. Hello, Gail. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so first, if we can take a short walk through your life, Abel, if you can give us a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at spreading happiness with others and bringing them joy through your performance.
1: Well, I have to say, It's quite an interesting journey. I never dreamt of doing what I'm doing now. Actually, I had no idea what I was going to do since I was a kid until I was 25. But uh, originally I'm from Hong Kong and uh, my family immigrated to the United States in Ohio when I was 10 years old with my younger brother who is uh, six years younger than me. And then we grew up in the States And I have to say the first three years, so between the age of 10 to 13, uh, it really shaped my life because I was in a new environment, new culture, unable to speak English. Um, And when you're a kid, and I am innately a very sensitive person, I really just remembered a lot of the more negative things, which is a lot of racism, stereotyping, judgment, labeling. And um, it was not easy also for my parents who are blue collar um, workers from Hong Kong. We are not from uh, a wealthy family. So my parents uh, struggled a lot in surviving. Uh, that's, the, that's the best word is surviving. We were not thriving uh, at all. So my parents were very, ha- very focused on bringing food to the table establishing themselves in the US while my brother and I had to deal with ourselves emotionally uh, at school and in new environments because my parents also were learning English themselves. Um, Shall I continue? (laughs) Please do, please do. And um, so those are always the very important years uh, for myself anyways. And I think for many children, uh, which kind of shape Uh, who they are as as an adult. And I became very adaptable and very flexible. I can blend into any environment very easily. And that's why I can go and host events and be a presenter and an anchor um, anywhere because I can easily make people feel comfortable around me. Uh, Also growing up in a a restaurant environment because my my mom and dad uh, opened their own restaurant when I was about 14. So between the age of 14 to 18, I had to work in the restaurant and I, I gained a lot of um, interpersonal skills. I learned to understand myself because there was a lot of times when I felt like I was a prisoner of the restaurant and I had to adjust my own thinking to, to tell myself that, Hey, you know what? You have to be here. You have to help your parent your parents as the eldest daughter of the, of the Chinese family and your parents, my parents do not really have any reliable help except for me. So I had to build resilience and um, a lot of uh, positive mentality through the, a lot of negative environment that I felt that I was in. So I think that kind of gives you an, an idea of, of what brought me to, to do what I'm doing today and to be able to live in a foreign country all the time as an immigrant and thriving in
0: a. Uh, a new environment that's a brilliant introduction and thank you for sharing all of that Abel you know there were so many points in there that are just who you have become today this really strong growth mindset of yours which is what the whole can do way podcast is all about is that element of I can do this I can get through this and this is something that you summed up brilliantly there I just wanted to go back to those formative years that you talked about between the ages of 10 and 13, and you said they were very significant in that they really shaped your life. So could you tell the listeners then, you mentioned some words of racism, you were learning to speak English, and there was a lot of emotional turmoil going on for you at that time. So what did you actually have to do to win through that challenge and to be able to start to thrive in that environment? I think as an adult, looking at myself when I was
1: a child, the only thing I can say is that I was just living in the moment. Um, I do remember having a, what do you call it? doubts or Mm. like a mentality, I don't want to go to school. It's like, I remember having those kind of thoughts. Like, I don't want to go to school. People are going to pick on me. Um, And obviously I was saying this in Chinese in my head, not in English, because I was Mm -hmm. just a kid. And um, I, I believe that when you're an adult, you think more about your past and your future. But when you're a child, you think more about the present. And even though I do remember having a lot of like, uh, you know, unsurety of who I am because I was just like a little kid. I was just a little baby. But um, I think I still, I just kept going. Uh, you you have to go to school, whether you like it or not, you, you have to go to school. And there are times, for example, like a tutor that I really enjoyed my time with, like the kindest, nicest lady who tutored me for two years, very patient, I look forward to seeing her. I look forward to seeing my teachers, even though I couldn't speak to them. I look forward to some friends, like one or two that I had. Um, So I think it was less about, you know, analyzing or thinking, but it was more about just trying to just live my life at at that time and Mm -hmm. having to accept whatever that comes, even though I know people will pick on me. I know this will happen, but it wasn't like I was hoping for it to come to me. Of course, I, I made sure that I was as invisible as I could be. And that's when I learned too to be invisible, but I couldn't because I was almost always the only Asian person in the whole school. I just stood out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I got, I got used to that, but I kind of learned how to hide myself because I was just super quiet. And that led me. I have to say, it led me to feel very humbled when I am in the limelight, and I am in the limelight a lot now as an adult. So
0: maybe that was my preparation for my future life. (laughs) Maybe it was. You say, and and as as I stated in your introduction, one of those life mantras that you have is about having the courage to rise above. And you definitely did that as a child. You just, as you said, you. You were present and you knew you had to deal with things right there and then, and so those you were equipping yourselves and powering up that muscle that has helped you to become who you've become today. So while you were going through this, yourself and your brother were learning these lessons in life and your parents were going through this surviving mode, what did they start to demonstrate that you saw in them as role models for you to continue to be adaptable to be flexible and to build this resilience you mentioned earlier?
1: I can always see that my parents are very hardworking, so therefore they are resilient, they are very gritty, they just kept going. Uh, of course there were times of tiredness, anger, Um, I mean, we're human. So obviously, when you're working in a a restaurant, (laughs) and you have to do everything, because Mm -hmm. this is a a small restaurant of 80 seats, you have to do everything. And um, but they never really gave up. You know, I never hear them say, I'm going to give up, I'm going to stop. They never give up. Um, But they worked really hard. Um, and I do not want to work as hard as my parents. Let's just say I want to work smarter than my parents. But <laughs> um, that, that's yes. one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother, he's the funniest person ever. And I have to say this because he is the funny guy, like my dad, in the family. And both of them are always very positive, even though I didn't wasn't around my younger brother very much. He was much younger than me. So when I was working at the restaurant, I never saw him. He stayed at home. And when I moved to college, he had to work. So, um, but my, my son, my, my, not my son, excuse me, my brother is a lot like my dad and my dad is very positive and very, um, outgoing and have very good interpersonal skills. And I learned a lot of the positivity from my dad and, um, uh, from my mom, I just learned that she was a very, very, um, supportive hand. She was the second hand to my dad. Um, and, uh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positive things about my parents. Uh, but when you're a child, you tend to just kind of focus on the negative. <clears throat> and that's why I, I always say the restaurant was my prison, you know, and that's why it was really, really hard times for me, yes, those four years, even though definitely. four is very short now, in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's such another a brilliant illustration of that can-do spirit in your parents as well. They firstly left... Hong Kong to take you and your brother to the United States and then whatever came across their path, they adapted, they were flexible, they they kept going so that they could provide for you. And even though you say you don't want to have to work as hard as them in your life and you want to work smarter, they couldn't have set a better stage for you to become the person that you have now become today. Mm-hmm. So- one of the questions I wanted to ask you next is your name, Abel, is such a can-do name. <laughs> so how did this name come about? Is it, was it the name you were given as a child or did it come about when you were getting older and, and is it a stage name? How did it all, uh, how did it come about? This is another
1: story. My, so my real name is Hao Yin, Fok Hao Yin. My, uh, Fok mm. is my maiden name. Wanamakok uh, is my husband's name. But Hao uh, Yin is my first name in Chinese. But able came from uh, when my aunt, which is my mother's older sister, when they took me, the two of them took me to a a fortune teller when I was still a baby. They said that the fortune teller looked at, you know, my birthday and stuff and said that this baby is very able (laughs) (laughs) in in Chinese, uh, very, very able, capable. Mm -hmm. And so my aunt changed that you know, able to be the English uh, nickname, because I don't have an English nickname. And in Hong Kong, everybody have an English nickname. Mm -hmm. Um, So my mom just told me the story. And she said, Okay, your name is Abel. That's your name.
0: (laughs) And I don't even know what it means.
1: I, I, I didn't know what it means until much older in life. But I really like my name now.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. What a, what a wonderful story behind it and that <laughs> that prophecy of seeing that you were going to be capable in your life and you were going to have this, this mindset to, to take yourself forward. So I love to hear things like
1: yeah. that. Thanks.
0: So let's take a step back into your career. So post your days of working in the uh, restaurant for your parents and as you then progress through your life and your career, Yes. Can you share with us any type of risk that you feel that you've taken, and how did the risk that you then had to take help you to build this resilience and continue to power this adaptability and flexibility that are such key traits in your life now? Thank you for these wonderful questions. Uh, I really
1: appreciate them, and I enjoy talking about that. Um, I take risk all the time. That's how I feel, anyways, because. I feel fear every time before I go on the stage. And I have this mentality that, you know what? You have to prepare, you have to prep. And that comes from fear. So whenever an event comes or a job comes, you ask yourself, can you do it, right? And I would always tell myself, you know what? You can study yourself to be able to do it. Because there are times when I cannot speak the fluent Thai that um, the event organizers ask of me because most of the events that I host are not just English anymore. They are Mm -hmm. bilingual or trilingual, which is mixing English with Thai because I live in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Or um, I have grown to also add Cantonese, which is uh, Cantonese-Chinese from people use in Hong Kong uh, maybe about four or five years ago. So when people asked me, hey, can you do a bilingual job, uh, English and Thai? I would always say yes. But I would study so hard beforehand. I study so much. And I remember I bought a a translation app. I asked other MCs who are professional MCs uh, that speak Thai. I went out to see them. I, I, I purchased this app, I asked other friends, and then I ask them to repeat, 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 so I can memorize the sound of how they spoke because I'm not a um, formal Thai, I'm not fluent, but conversational Thai, I am fluent. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you are hosting an event, there is a different level of fluency that is required of you. And um, I have so much fear always that gave me and helped me build resilience um, and to overcome whatever I felt I lacked through studying. So I, I take risk almost every job, <laughs> I think, because every job is different. Every job you're working with different people, different groups of people from different backgrounds. They all expect different things and they never tell you how they want something presented. They just say, here you go, this mm-hmm. is the script. This is what I want you to say. However you decided to to do it, you do it your way. Mm -hmm. So there is no book. There's no ingredient. There's no how-to guide. You just have to do it. And you have to have really good interpersonal skills and sensitivity to understand what your client wants and to say the right things, but not say too much. Because the most important skill in my job is listening. It's not speaking. <laughs> and, and that is the truth. My listening skills is what enhances me uh, and give me a chance to grow in this job. It's because I'm a very good listener.
0: Yeah, that's very, very important, as you say. And for me as a coach as well, listening is the number one skill that I have to have to not not be thinking of answers for my clients and not driving them toward a solution rather than getting them to challenge themselves, to think about what the solution is. You mentioned while you were talking then about this, you say yes to these things. So, and you get, it sounds to me that you get really powered up by saying yes. So that I like to challenge myself in that way that I can push myself. (laughs) Exactly. It's the opposite of fear, isn't it? It's like saying, okay, I, I know it's a bit scary, But I can push through this and I can find a way that works for me. And it also delivers what my client is asking me to deliver. So I love that. I wrote those words down, the power of saying, yes, it's such a strong, again, a can-do mindset and a can-do trait to just say, you know what, you've got to grab the world and grab life by both hands and just go for it, don't you? Have to try. You have to give yourself a
1: chance. Mm-hmm. you have to, when people give you a chance, they open the door for you, but you have to walk through by yourself. And if you already telling yourself, I can't, I'm scared, or whatever negative thing that you tell yourself, you are not giving yourself a chance. And that means the doors will slowly close on you as you grow older. And, um, you know, as you get older, we all know when you get older, There's less opportunity sometimes, depending on the stereotypes. But if you're open to the world, you're open to challenge yourself and to be positive, and you want to give, then people will open to you, no matter your age, no matter your sex, no matter your background, because I think people can feel your energy, and they can connect to you in some way. And they feel that, oh, you know what? Abel can help me. So I'm going to hire her. I'm going to have her. She's going to enhance my my event or my conference or whatever it is that I'm that I'm doing, you know. So it's very important to have a certain kind of positivity and attitude.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, you know. And it, again, it, it links exactly back to what you what I said about you at the start and about living a life without regret too. It's it's
1: yeah.
0: as you say, we can be ageless and we can just continue because it's what we put out and how we come across to people and the vibes that radiate out from us that attract people to us as well so on that note you have a very you're somebody who follows a lot of mantras and when I was looking into you and I I've watched your TEDx talk as well Abel and it's a wonderful a wonderful um talk but you love your mantras and one of those mantras that I came across was um this one that says life is like a river you cannot rush it just learn to go with the flow and you will find more balance and peace so how does this represent this positive mindset and this driving you and what do you do to continually enable that to happen as you
1: get older you learn that there are things and timing to everything. You have to listen to your heart and not your mind too much. You can want 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 and you want it right now. You want it right now at your time at your pace, but that's not how life works. And as you get older, you learn that there are many things that just don't go your way. And people, you know, have you have conflicts with other people or energy or whatever it is. And you have to just go with the flow. And and you have to accept things as it comes. And you, when you feel it's right, then you do it. I go with my feeling a lot as a presenter, as a speaker. Uh, somehow I can feel and sense when it's the right time to say something and when not to say anything and when to stay quiet and when to take action. And this is not something that I can teach. This comes from being a sensitive person who has its bad side uh, but my sensitivity helped me a lot with with how I have navigated my my world now as an adult. And uh, I forgot the second part to your question now. Not that I'm saying this stuff. What was your second part <laughs> of the question?
0: <laughs> it was about how do you how do you live that and how do you breathe that, that continual focus, that drive and that positive mindset? Um
1: I also can feel myself when I'm negative, I feel heavy. I don't like it. It's easy for the mind to go into a negative mode and just continue on the string of negativity and build energy from that. But when I, when I kind of uh, maybe when I had enough of that energy release the negativity at the end of that, I feel negative. I feel heavy and I don't like it. And when I reflect more and more on what I like about myself and what I don't like about myself, I always tell myself, okay, you're going to this negative mode now and you need to stop. And that's how I focus. I learned to focus as a child from working in the restaurant because I had to be there. I had to I had to deliver always, I always had to deliver and bring results. and result is happy customers. But that created my focus and my drive from those young years. And the positive mindset I also learned from those young years, Uh, Because I learned that being positive, I feel better. I feel lighter. Things are easier for me. People come to me instead of me having to go find them. Maybe you are one of those people who come to to find me on LinkedIn, whatever it is. Um, But I don't like the feeling of negativity. I can observe my feelings. I can reflect Mm -hmm. on my feelings. Mm -hmm. And when I don't like something about myself, I try to change it. I'm not perfect. And I tend to want to be perfect, which is another <laughs> issue the whole of mine. Game, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but I am learning about, I, I learned about self-compassion this last year. I learned about mm-hmm. patience with myself this past year. And I learned about self-love this past year. And I mean, 2020. So I am much kinder to myself now than I used to be. And I just kind of go with the flow now I go with the flow a lot more. And when you go with the flow, when it's not the right time to push, like during COVID, you don't push Mm -hmm. when it's time to push. Like, I don't know why I just wanted to push about maybe one month ago. I wanted to push. I felt like it was time to push. So I push and I'm seeing results now. (laughs) So I'm just going with the flow of my feelings and my
0: feelings is always correct. Wonderful, wonderful. That couldn't have been a better illustration of of your wonderful mantra about the river. So, being somebody that's in the spotlight when you're speaking and you're teaching and you're 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 there in front of people all of the time, what do you do to look after your own well being so that you can step away and switch off? What do you like to do to be quiet and and to slow down your mind? I do yoga.
1: I do yoga. That's Mm -hmm. the main thing. I start my day three or four times a week. Now it's more like four times a week. I, I do yoga. And I have been doing yoga seriously now for about three and a half years. But I started yoga about eight years ago. And yoga helped me to breathe. I know it sounds really dumb, but I learned how to breathe through yoga. and. What I notice is when I'm stressed, I will automatically breathe out like a long breath out automatically. And I got that from only yoga. Nobody taught me that except for my yoga teacher.
0: <laughs> and that is the main thing. I learned how Fantastic. to breathe. And and it's the most important thing that we can all do, and it's something that's free, isn't it? It's in us, and we just have yes. to do it. Yes, yes. Our breath is yeah. so important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, so so important to step away. I think in in so much of the work that I do, I I help my clients to realise how important putting themselves as priority number one is, mm. so that
1: mm. if
0: they are well in their mind and their body. And with yeah. their inner self, then they can achieve whatever they put their minds to because they are in balance with themselves. And it's
1: exactly. it is
0: such an important place to be in. Exactly. So I come to the point in the interview where I'd love you to share your top three can-do tips with our listeners. <laughs> well,
1: my first tip is very, very simple and very easy. And I think everybody knows this, is keep a positive attitude. Be grateful. Count your blessings. That's one tip, okay? That's just one tip. They're all the same thing to me. Um, Because when you're negative, people don't come to you, they just move away from you. And second is everything shall pass. Everything that is positive or negative in your life will pass. The sun will rise and will fall. If you're in misery, You will not stay in misery forever. If you're in, you know, great joy, uh, aesthetic joy, you're in love, honeymoon period, I promise you that will never stay the same forever. Mm -hmm. Your relationship will change. Your life will change. You will not be depressed forever. And third, be gritty. You will fail many, 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 many times but you keep trying you keep going you keep seeing what works for you what works for not just you but work for other people that is around you in that present moment because other people might not be ready when you are ready so it makes the project fail but it's not a failure it's just you know getting you ready for the next project so keep going be gritty and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and never stop I'm not telling you to work yourself to
0: death, but don't give up on yourself. That's my third tip. Fantastic. And as you said earlier, it's about working smarter, not harder. So most definitely keep going. Okay, so (laughs) my final question for today's interview then is, why do you feel a can-do attitude is absolutely essential? If you want to
1: be a creator that you're meant to be, we are all meant to be creators, not followers. Then you must have a can-do attitude. That you can. That you are able to. I, my name is Abel, and I always remind myself that. You know what? You can You are able. And when you feel like that, you, you surround yourself with a certain kind of energy that empowers yourself. And then therefore can attract other people to help you as well in your endeavor and that is essential to live a fulfilling life not just a normal life like i said but to live an extraordinary life a colorful life that's what i always want is i want a colorful life not a redundant life not a boring life and i'm willing to work for it to make my life as as colorful and as beautiful as i can create for myself so can do is always something that i keep in my heart and in my mind,
0: because that is very, very important. Wow, what a great end to a wonderful last half hour together! And we've talked about so many different topics, and you've shared this this beautiful joy that you have in life. And I can see your your introduction is summed up by everything that we've talked about from your journey as a child and how life has been shaped. Um, the the lessons you've learned and where you are now and and how you are enabling this incredible can-do and this living life to the full in all of those whose lives you touch. So thank you so much for being (laughs) my guest today, Abel, on the Can-Do Web podcast. Thank you so much, Gail. I had such a great time, even though it was just
1: a, a short 35 minutes. It was great, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Can-Do Way. Do you live and breathe the can-do attitude? Since 2019, my podcast has gifted listeners across the globe access to an incredible selection of guests with stories to refresh your perspective, bring you joy and inspire can-do positivity. Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be a guest on my weekly show. If you have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience or an intriguing story to share, then drop me an email at gailmgibson.com. Until next week's show, do share the inspiration of the Can Do Way podcast with your friends, colleagues and clients and wherever you are listening from in the world. Remember to make every day An amazing can-do day.